0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Emerging Excellence. I'm your co-host, Felicity Fury, CEO of We Aspire, and I'm joined by the amazing, the fantastic Brett Bassett, CEO of Leaf. Hey, Brett. How you doing?
1: Hey, Felicity. I'm tired today, but that's okay. We're going to continue. We're going to go hard. We're going to go together. We're going to get through this.
0: That's it, we're gonna make it happen today. And I'm excited about our topic. I personally haven't done one of these before, so I'm really keen to get your insights. I'm definitely a fly in the wall and I feel like my appreciation for this topic has progressed over the years where I thought these things are pretty useless, why would I go to, oh, this is fascinating to see how leaders behave and perform. So today we're talking about town halls. Brett, I'm guessing you've done a lot of these in your time as a CEO. How would you describe a town hall? What are they for people who might not have been to one before?
1: So I have done a lot of these. And let me just start by saying, maybe later on, I'll tell you about the worst one I ever did, which was so embarrassing. But a town hall, for those that don't know, is in effect, it's it's a mechanism whereby it might be online or it might be face to face, where you get all of the staff together and you, in effect, allow them to ask you any questions that they want. Sometimes a town hall might have an introduction where, for example, you might be talking about an important piece of work that's occurred and you want to brief everybody, or it might literally just be a, let's get together and you can ask any questions. So I love town halls because it's a fantastic opportunity to engage with staff. It's a fantastic opportunity to test your public speaking. Because one of the reasons I really love town halls is I'm a bit of a sadist, I, I want people to ask me any question they want. And I love that not knowing what's going to come, and so it can be a little bit frightening. But at the same time, it's just it's a fantastic way, in my experience, to engage with staff.
0: Now, if someone hasn't presented a lot before, do you have any recommendations on preparing for a town hall? Do you would you practice with colleagues in advance? Would you you know have your script? I feel like when, whenever I have a really strict script to stick to, it's very hard thing to say quickly it often doesn't it doesn't go well and I you know want to have that intention I've got that okay here are the main things I want to cover in my presentation in the back of my mind how do you prepare and how, you know what would you recommend for others
1: well I think I'll go back to the worst one I ever did yeah I didn't prepare and and literally this was this was in, in a very large federal government organization where I knew that we were going to talk to all the people. And there was about a 1,000 people in and around the town hall at the time. And my colleagues got up, and they were well-prepared and well-scripted. And I had nothing to say. And so I literally got up there, and I started talking about when I'd done this huge walk over in New Zealand, and I was at the top of a mountain, and I had this epiphany about what leadership was. My my peers laughed me out of the room. I mean, it was embarrassing. So what I learned from that felicity is always be prepared. So by that, I never walk into a town hall without knowing what is it that I want out of the town hall. Do I want to ask somebody a specific question? So in that instance, you might want to put some what are often called Dorothy Dixes out there to make sure that you can have the ability to get the questions asked mm-hmm. that you want. But I always have a key key objective. What is it that I want to get out? If there are a couple of key points I want to make during the town hall, I always have those written down and I rehearse those just, you know, with myself. There is often a a great opportunity for the leadership team that you're in charge of or leading to actually be given the opportunity as well. So you you want to make sure that, you know, that your team is ready to jump in or you can direct them as you need to. And I think the other thing is if you've got a speech to give, then absolutely rehearse the speech. And I'm a big believer in not only rehearsing speeches but having speaking points as well, because I think that that helps. So there are a couple of key examples. Let me ask you a question. What have you seen when have you seen a town hall go well?
0: So when you come to mind actually, I mean, can I do some shout outs to CEOs that I've had in the past? So Peter Bailey, former CEO of Arab, I remember he got up and he was doing a town hall around the strategy for the company. And he was so honest. It was amazing. He said, look, we've got the same departments of other big companies. We've got the same about this. And he acknowledged kind of the elephant in the room because a lot of consulting companies are the same. And I was almost shocked that he was so upfront about that and it was so refreshing to hear someone and really kind of tell the truth and then he went cool and here's our strategy and you could actually hear what he was saying and listen to him as well. I think another one recently that I went to was uh, Pascal who was at Swinburne who's the the leader there and she was presenting her new strategy and you know she's brand she was brand new at the role at the time and the way she handled the questions was so powerful and someone was saying oh but it was almost like a complaint how are we supposed to do this with this budget and blah 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 and I thought how is she going to respond I was actually on the edge of my seat and really was looking for as a leader how is she going to you know give her answer and she said you know, well, we're got to be creative. We've got to do th- these things and really put it back on the person in such a positive way that, you know, depending on what kind of person they were, they could take it in either direction. But, you know, she didn't listen to that person like they were the complaint. It was really empowering of, you know, what can you do? How can you see yourself in this strategy? And I thought that was such a Really admirable response. As someone who didn't even ask the question, I was excited to get creative in my job. So I think when you can really empower people through responding to those questions, it can leave a real lasting impression on everyone in the room.
1: I agree with that. And I think one of the things that I like to do when I do a town hall is I always start off with saying, You can ask us anything you want and you'll get one of three answers. And I say this literally every time. And the three answers are, I'll tell you the answer and it will be the truth. I then say, If I don't know the answer, I'll find out for you and I'll come back. And I also say, I might know the answer, but I might not be able to tell you. And I'll tell you that I know the answer, but I can't tell you. And the reason that I say that and the segue for me there is part of engaging with a town hall audience, I think this is about doing exactly what you've just articulated. It has to be a two-way conversation. I've seen town halls where it's just the leader, diatribe. Bang, 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 bang. And there's no engagement back, right? Mm -hmm. And when people ask a question, it's almost like, well, we're going to bat that away and I'm going to tell you what I want to tell you anyway. And so I think for me, really, really successful town hall is one where there is this backwards and forwards. You know, I, I like a little bit of agitation in a town hall. I like people saying, well, what you're saying I don't believe with or something along those lines, because for me, it, in, it engenders a more honest conversation. Now, not everybody will, will like that, and not everybody who's asking questions or wanting to make a statement, for example, in a town hall will like that. But I think as a leader, if you're not afraid to answer the hard questions, to take the hard questions... I mean, I'll give you an example. I had a town hall recently where I am. We are just talking about a, a big piece of work that we've had done. And I was talking about the next, you know, the next two to three years that we're going to have to roll out this piece of work. And somebody, and it was brilliant, somebody said, but Brett, your contract's only for three years and it's up in 12 months. In effect, they were saying, why should we be on board with this mm. if you may not be here you know, to deliver it? And I remember there was this this quietness in the room. Somebody, you know, I could, you could hear people. Why would this person ask that question? But I loved it. And so the response was, "Well, my job isn't to worry about how long I'm in the job. My job is to make sure that we've got a platform for anybody in the organisation, including a successor to me, to be able to continue on the journey." And so, and and I actually really called this person out. I said, "Brilliant question." I said, "You know, they're the questions that we need to 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 ask it." to have out there so i think you know the where i've seen it goes best it's that two-way backwards and forwards you're not afraid to answer the hard questions and importantly it's a safe space where everybody feels that it's okay to ask or say anything
0: i feel like it's a real cultural tone setup i don't even know if that's a thing but your response can really go okay this this behavior is appropriate this behavior is not okay and even just in the example you shared you know, challenging things, being sceptical, putting your hand up and asking something that could be a challenge challenge question is something that you're demonstrating as a leader is acceptable in the organisation. So I think it can be a really powerful way to demonstrate and call out. And I think you had an example where someone said, or well, there was something that happened inappropriately almost and, and that was an opportunity to show the right way to do things. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. I, look, I, I can remember it was at another organisation. We had a town hall And and we're going through some survey results, you know, in respect of engagement, and and there were some really misogynistic comments that came through, you know, about sexual harassment and everything, and it was all anonymous. And I remember as these things were coming through, I thought, oh, gee, if I don't deal with this, you know, this could be a really bad part for the organisation. So I remember just stopping and I said, look, I need to just address these misogynistic points that are coming through. I said, I want to give everybody some comfort all of these answers are anonymous. We don't know who did this and who said this. I said, but I will not rest until I find out who you are and you are out of the organisation. Now, the reason that I talk about that is if you don't address the elephant in the room and you made reference to the elephant in the room before, I think it can detract from people being engaged and importantly, People believing that you've actually going to stand for something as a leader. And I think the town hall is a fantastic opportunity for leaders to really stand up and say, this is what we stand for. This is what the organisation stands for. And importantly, by taking a negative and flipping it into an action or a positive, I think that that can really engender a fantastic flow on effect from a town hall. Have you Uh, ever seen it go bad?
0: I think it's like you said, you can tell when people are not being authentic or they're not really connecting with that audience. And, you know, in the flip side, I think that's a good test. If you go to your next house hall and go, oh, there's something icky about it. Or you can you just, I feel like as human beings, you can pick up on that sense of, oh, they're kind of, I don't know, hiding something or there's something not quite right. And I think it's more, I can't remember exactly what people said, but it's more of a feeling that you get from the presenter. And I don't think that you have to be the best presenter in the world. You know, having good presentations obviously makes a difference. But if you're authentic and genuine, that speaks more loudly than the words that you're actually saying. So I think when it's gone badly, it's been because of that presence that people have. And I think that's a really important skill to master as a leader is that executive presence and connection with the audience.
1: I absolutely agree with that. And, and I think some tips and tricks that I've sort of found over my time doing these type of things is you know when it's going well because there are questions. There is engagement, there's murmurings, you know, you can feel the energy in it. Even if it's online, you can see it. Mm. But when you, when it's not going well, then it's quiet, there's disinterest, there is no questioning, and it's almost like, oh, I'm standing here like I'm a comedian and I'm no good at comedy type thing, right? So <laughs> I think, you know, another another good thing that a leader who's running a town hall needs to be able to do is to pick up on that I've made this mistake previously where I've continued a town hall when it wasn't going well, when probably I should have just said, you look, it's clear that this isn't working. Let's cut it and we'll work out why it wasn't working and come back. So I think, you know, that's that reflection piece. You've got to be able to reflect in real time when you're doing a town Mm -hmm. hall and you've got to feel the energy. And I think a really important thing as well is if the leader who's leading the town hall doesn't have that energy, then she or he may not actually bring people with them in that conversation, if that makes sense.
0: And I think that's a huge part of that is respecting your audience. And it sounds like with the one that you continued, it would have been, you'd say, more respectful of everyone's time to go, hey, look, let's call it. It's not working. And like you said, let's work out why. And I think whatever you're presenting, that is such a big thing. If you're, you know, even like we were at a presentation the day, and the presenter was going, write this down, write this down. And you're like, well, man, chill out. I don't need to write everything down. It's cool. I'll write down what I want to write down and what's important for me. It was like, you must write this down. And he said it so many times. It just gave the wrong flavour for the presentation. And, of course, it was a training session that we were in but it wasn't, you know, respectful of that audience. And I think that kind of points to how you make people feel and respecting their time. Would you agree, Brett?
1: Oh, no, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that, Felicity. I mean, look, I mean, we've all made mistakes, right? And telling people what they need to do can be difficult, particularly when people aren't engaged, right? So I think, you know, in that example you just gave, letting people make their own decision about what's important and what's not is a really important thing for that, right? Right. I thought, well, while we're talking about what works well and what doesn't work well, let's talk about questioning, right? So what I've seen work really, really well and using technology is having anonymous questions come up, right? And so one organisation I worked with, we let people send all their questions in the day before and they were all anonymised. And then what we had is we had an MC who would pose the questions of me and the leadership team. And what I put in place is, not knowing what those questions were up front. Mm. Now, the reason I did that was I wanted to stick true to let's actually just be authentic with our with our people and let's, you know, talk about things the way that we feel from our heart and from our gut rather than from a pre-prepared script, right? So that can work really, really well. What I might, you know, just let listeners think about, think about is some of your team may not be as comfortable dealing off the cuff. And so if you're thinking about doing that, just make sure you step people through what is comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. I love the anonymous feedback. I love the ability for, for an MC to, con- to control the questions. And what I used to say at this other organisation is we're not controlling the questions that are coming up. The questions are getting put to the top based on who's voting for these questions. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think by, by using something like that, it ha- actually helps engender that this is an honest conversation. What doesn't work well on the opposite of that is if there's nobody that's actually leading the questioning response. So Mm -hmm. if you don't have a central person who's taking control over the questions coming in, then it can be a free-for-all and it can be really, really difficult to manage. So I just thought I'd just talk about a couple of things around questions.
0: And it sounds like that MC is going to have that unbiased view and they're bringing that neutral perspective to it to bring to you to answer authentically and openly in terms of preparation I know we've already talked about it but uh, one of the things I've done to prepare for speaking before has presented in front of Rotten Tomatoes panel so we (laughs) wrote down all the things we'd hate people to say to us and then we got up on a stage presented and we had three people in front of us who were asking all those questions that we really didn't want to ask have you ever done anything like that for your preparation i know personally i found that so valuable to go oh great they asked that and i didn't die even though it was a small group of people but having that role play practice was so powerful to go okay gosh it wasn't the end of the world and now i know how i'm going to handle it so much more powerfully
1: yeah so i haven't done that for a town hall but i've had the pleasure and i really do mean this um a number number of times of actually having appeared before parliamentary estimates committees in different roles. And that's where you turn up, for those that don't know, and and different members of of, uh, political parties can ask you any question about the portfolio that you're overseeing. Now, one of the things that I used to love about that is, this is literally, you don't know what's coming. So that was great, and it was a fantastic opportunity just to stand there and say, this is the great work that this organisation might be doing. But the way that I prepared for that is I had a group of execs who would develop about 100 questions and they would not tell me what those questions were and they would, we'd have regularly scheduled sit-downs where they'd sit on one side of the table, I'd sit on my side and they'd just pepper me with questions. But what I also did as part of that is I'd say to them, I want you just to just ask me questions as you're walking past me. So I didn't have the opportunity of having anything with me. I had to think on my feet. So mm-hmm. that was a really good way for me to get comfortable in thinking off the cuff without any preparation. And then what we would do is we would go back and we would you know, reflect what did well, what didn't I do well, that type of thing as well. And I think, so You know, preparation is important, planning is important, but I also think you've got to think about what do you think went well and what didn't go down? So the reflection piece, we've spoken about that, right, a lot. And I'm a big believer in reflection, as we all know. And After after the last town hall I did a couple of weeks ago, I, I actually asked for feedback from people. And I remember one person really new to, to the organisation, came up to me and sat down, and this person said to me, this is what you did well, and they told me what I did well. And then they said, but when you went a bit hard here or a bit hard here, they said, you lost me. And, and I was so grateful that this person said to me, you lost me, because I then went back and I thought, okay, well, my intent was to say X, but the way it was perceived was Y. So how could I potentially change that moving forward? So I think being open to reflection is a really, really good good point. I would also suggest to anyone that might be thinking about doing town hall is you're not going to get it right all the time. That's okay. Just keep trying, but try and be better. What are your thoughts on that, Felicity?
0: Yeah, I think it's hard to appeal to every single person in the room and some people are going to love stuff and some people aren't. I feel like that's the reality of human beings. That's what makes us awesome is that everyone is so different and I think getting that reflection and feedback is really powerful and often when I go to reflect, when I present, I go, oh, I screwed this up, I stuffed this up and I'm so hard on myself and I think about all the things that didn't go well and you know, very ma- minorly work on the things that, did go well. And so I know I'm really harsh on myself. But when you actually ask somebody else and get feedback outside of your own head, then I think that can be really powerful as well. And it's such a great practice to build into whatever you're doing. And surprisingly, when I ask other people, it's definitely not as bad as what I thought went in my own head. Another way I think about it, too, is what are the different personalities in the room and how could I appeal to those? A simple one like introvert, extrovert. You know, the question thing I think you said was great before around have an online opportunity where people will submit it before. And then, you know, there's also the forum where people can stick their hand up and ask questions. Because, again, that's a great way to get visibility if you're an emerging leader in the organisation to ask some really powerful questions. So, yeah, I often think about... If I'm presenting, you know, how could I tell a story in a certain way or appeal to some of those different types of people? But it's it's tricky. I feel like nothing nothing is perfect. Parenting's definitely taught me that, and I just do my best and improve where I can on the piece of feedback I get.
1: I think that's right. And you know what? You can get real, fit, real, real time fit in the town hall. So if you look at people's body language, like I'll give you another example from one just recently that I did. We're talking about the importance of culture, and I was talking about, you know, in effect, what I was saying is, you know, culture has to be a two-way street, you know. Yes, as leadership, we've got to go some way. But then at the same time, I was saying, but there is a challenge that we want to bring to you, which is you've got to come to us as well, and we've got to meet in the middle. And I said, we need to all have positive intent. And I was giving an example of, of... of some feedback I gave somebody or something, and I used this phrase. I said, and when I saw that they weren't getting it, I just smashed them. Now, there were there were cringes in the audience, and I quickly had to pivot and say, sorry, what I meant by smashing is I had a performance conversation based in real time, based on this, this, and this. <laughs> and so the reason I talk about it, which is exactly what you were sort of alluding to, is we're going to make mistakes. It's okay to recognize that You're not going to appeal to everybody, as long as you go with good intent and as long as you, you know, look at the audience and say, Am I getting them? Am I not getting them? And if you think you're unsure, then say, look, maybe I haven't got this right, as I did in that example. I think what that engenders, once again, in the conversation is people will see a leader as being authentic and being vulnerable to potentially not being just a robot, if that makes sense. But I do think town halls can be fantastic. They they take a lot of guts. They take a lot of self-belief and they can be as scary as the proverbial, but I reckon people should give it a go just at least once to have a little bit of fun.
0: Awesome. I love that. And one question, final question before we wrap up, Brett, recently you were coaching someone around the town hall, mentoring them, and they came and said, here's my plan for my town hall. And you said, nah, nope, scrap it, do something different. What did you say to them and how did they do it differently after your feedback?
1: So I said don't over-prepare. Go in and just be open if that makes sense, have some key points, be open, don't be overly prescriptive in what you're trying to get across and actually engage in the conversation more rather than being one-dimensional and just sending a message out. Awesome.
0: I love that. Well, I'm inspired now to go do a town hall within We Aspire. I don't think we've done one in, as an organisation yet. So, thank you very much for all of your insights and tips, Brett. Amazingly powerful and helpful, as always. We'll hear you on the next episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, for listening.